Hey, innovators, welcome to the Innovation Leaders Club podcast. The content in this podcast comes from an excerpt from our academy. Are you wondering about how to effectively identify innovation opportunities? To identify an innovation opportunity, you must find a real problem and understand it clearly so that you can clarify and scope the opportunity before generating ideas. This podcast covers two key subjects to respond to this question. First, knowing how to use the five whys to identify a real problem. And second, the use of the opportunity tool to define your innovation target better. What is the Innovation Leaders Club Academy? The Academy aims to share for free the content of the discussions the Innovation Leaders Club members have during their venues in North America and Europe. One of the most popular strategies in identifying a real problem is the five whys analysis. Using this technique will enable you to quickly remove the layers of distracting indications from detecting the real causes of a problem. The five whys analysis is a simple tool for drilling down a request to identify the root cause of a problem by asking why five times. However, it is vital to clarify that asking five times is situational. There are instances when you can discover the root cause after asking why three times, or you may even have to ask more than five times to reach the answer. Regardless of the specific number, coming up with a root cause is the overall objective. Let's take an electrician installing a light fixture on the ceiling as an example. Let's discuss how to use the five whys in determining the root cause. The first part involves meeting with the people familiar with the area in which the problem is related and giving them information to approach and understand the problem. In this example, the electrician reported that he would like a lighter fixture from the supplier. Meet directly with the customer, ideally in person, or by using a remote communication platform such as Teams. Then start asking why. Continue asking why at least five times and remember to challenge the resulting answers beyond conventional origins to encourage a thorough search instead of settling for reasons that are known and true. Upon identifying the cause, determine the cause with the most significant impact on the problem and prioritize this. Lastly, find the solutions for the most critical issue and analyze its impact and effectiveness. To come back to the light fixture example, by repeatedly asking why to the electrician who made the installation, the lighting company arrives at the underlying root cause of the request. Why would you like a lighter fixture? To make it easier to handle. Why would you like a fixture that's easier to handle? To make it easier to install by holding it with one hand. Why would you like it to be easier to install with one hand? To be able to install it alone. Why would you like to install it alone? By applying the five whys analysis, the root cause or the problem to solve is determined. With that in mind, this brings us to find the solution. In this case, when an electrician is making an installation, he could do everything on his own except the light fixture, which requires two people for 30 minutes. However, the real problem is to conceive a fixture that an electrician can install alone. This will reduce the installation cost by having only one worker on site instead of two. 
If you like this content, you can watch the full version with animation by accessing it on YouTube. Simply search the exact title of this podcast to find out more. Also, if you don't want to miss a podcast, subscribe now and get notifications for real and practical innovation management practices coming directly from club members. Let's discuss the proposed opportunity tool. There are two sections in this tool, the context and the innovation target. Let's look at the context by detailing who the customer is. If you have identified a persona, it is probably the best way to present whom you are targeting. After this, quantify the approximate size of the market by mentioning how many other people who, like the persona, are in a certain area, such as a country, region, or even in the world. Then figure out precisely the organization's current stake in this opportunity. Next, focus on the customer's needs. To quantify it by evaluating how much time and money such customers are currently spending to solve their problems. In the following box, explain who the stakeholders are and what their role is in the decision-making process. Should they be involved in the development of the innovation? Then indicate any trends that might affect the innovation. Is there anything to seize or watch? Is this opportunity related to something bigger? To complete the context, explain the competing solutions by detailing their advantages and disadvantages. Interestingly, the latter provides insights on the opportunity. The second section is the innovation target. Start by quantifying the objectives, which are the claims the innovation will be marketed with. However, clearly define the sandbox by precisely defining what kind of solution is included and which one is excluded. As an example, you could specify to exclude any solution that would be made of plastic. On the counterpart, you could also choose to include all solutions that can also be suitable for e-commerce. This way, you are already framing the criteria for idea submission. Finally, you could also add another layer of constraints, such as the product must be biodegradable or the total cost must be under $100. Such constraints make the ideation process more difficult. However, it will shorten your path going forward by increasing the quality of ideas that will be submitted since they will be nearer to the anticipated expectations. Let's prioritize opportunities and identify the best ones to bring out at the Innovation Project Portfolio Review. Once you have defined your opportunities, it will be best to prioritize them so that you better understand where to focus your efforts. A tool to easily prioritize your opportunities is to use an opportunity map with two criteria, the business strength and the market attractiveness. This tool is appreciated by many club members. The business strength involves assessing the business's core competencies and strengths and asking whether these competencies can be leveraged if the business chose to seize this opportunity. The market attractiveness is an external measure that captures characteristics such as the size and growth of markets in this opportunity, intensity of competition, margins earned, and the potential for developing innovation. Here you will find a more detailed version of the two criteria. Some participants like having more details of each criterion, but after evaluating a few opportunities, they become used to the criteria and no longer require them. The business strength criteria divides into two sub-criteria, namely technological and operational competencies and marketing and sales competencies. Here are more details about them. 
First, the technological and operational competencies involve qualified human resources and technologies mastered internally and uses existing equipment. Next, the qualified human resources has the ability to leverage R&D or design engineering and involves operational processes and knowledge. Then technologies mastered internally involves the use of existing core technologies with the ability to find technological knowledge related to the technologies. Last but not least, the existing equipment provides the ability to leverage current equipment and assets. The marketing and sales competencies involves qualified human resources, renowned brands, and distribution network. First, the qualified human resources can leverage market knowledge, customer relationship, and sales forces. Next, renowned brand can leverage marketing communications, brand name, and images in this area. And last, the distribution network can leverage distribution channels with this opportunity. The opportunity market attractiveness is divided into four sub-criteria as shown earlier. Here are more details about them. The market outlook includes the first two categories, namely the growth potential and market size. The growth potential includes the potential new customers, position in the maturity cycle, and potential adjacent markets, while the market size is the number of customers, users, total market size, or the potential market size in U.S. dollars. The competitive positioning then includes competition intensity and strength of competitors with this opportunity, number of competitors, the strength of the competitors, and the barrier to entry, such as patents, assets, and others. And the potential margins in this opportunity are compared to current offers based on the organization's objectives. This last sub-criteria is often hard to evaluate at this stage. You may skip it if it is not yet applicable. Let's interpret the quadrants of an opportunity map. First are the no bets. This quadrant encompasses opportunities that don't build on business strengths or offer attractive opportunities. Next, the conservative bets. Business strengths can be leveraged, but the market isn't attractive. Typically, these are opportunities your organization has been playing for years, and now there's either less innovation potential or undesirable leftovers. Members often refer to this quadrant as an apple tree that has been picked mostly clean of its fruit. The only apples left are the ones at the top, which require a higher reach. Next is the high-risk bets. This quadrant covers the highly attractive opportunities. These opportunities have little to no exploitable business strengths. Therefore, opportunities in this quadrant are ideal candidates for technological development. Typically, the organization will have to develop its knowledge. They can do this by either devoting their time or learning how to tackle this opportunity themselves. Or they can hire someone who already has the expertise to handle it. It may also require a partnership with another organization to speed the work along or proceed to an acquisition. Last, the best bets. This quadrant consists of highly attractive opportunities that leverage current business strengths, so new technologies are probably not required here. The organization could be leveraging technologies that it has mastered. Such mapping could be made for each innovation program so that you can compare apples with apples. This will ease the prioritization within each strategic arena so that you can clearly allocate your resources. The mapping can be segmented into five priority levels. 
Such an approach allows you to manage a large number of opportunities and clearly indicates where a team should focus. For example, there should be less than 10% of opportunities in Priority 1. When there is an opportunity in Priority 1, everything else should be stopped so that the whole team focuses on this specific area. Then another 20% of the opportunities should be in Priority 2. The majority of the opportunities, about 40%, will be in the third priority, and the rest of the opportunities will reside in Priority 4 and 5 for about 20 and 10% respectively. Most of the time, these will be rejected. An Excel tool is available to generate the mapping. There is one tab per strategic arena or program. The first step is to list all the opportunities. The second step is to ask your team to screen the opportunities with their business intuition on a scale of 0 to 2. 0 or a blank cell indicates that it is not a promising opportunity, while 2 would be a very promising opportunity. Then you can sort opportunities from the highest score to the lowest. Choose a threshold delimiting opportunities that are interesting enough to be pursued. In this example, the threshold will be 8, so only two opportunities will be evaluated. The third step is to score the business strength and the market attractiveness of each opportunity. Here's a tip for effective scoring. Before scoring any opportunity, ask someone in the team to explain the opportunity to be scored. This way, everyone has the same understanding of each opportunity while scoring. Then everybody scores only one opportunity at a time. Finally, the intent is to discuss the scoring when there are divergent scores. When the scores are diverging, obviously some people don't see the same thing. Therefore, it would help you if you had those participants explain their scores. Often, when there is such a big gap in the scores, the participants don't have the same reading of the situation and it is worth discussing. Afterward, you can keep going with the other opportunities one at a time. To generate the mapping, you will use the designated tab in the tool that you can get if you visit our website. Look for the link in the comments. The mapping will be generated automatically once the name of the opportunity and scores are entered. As a reminder, if you like this content, you can watch the full version with animation by accessing YouTube. Search the exact title of this podcast to find out more.